Hey, this is Mandy and Kim with Next Talk, where we are passionate about keeping kids safe in the digital world. Did you know we have tens of thousands of listeners in 60 countries? It's truly amazing. Crazy. Only God. And as a nonprofit, everything we do at Next Talk is supported by people just like you. Be a part of changing the culture of conversation in your home and around the globe by making a donation today. Go to nexttalk.org and click on Give and check out our resources while you're there. More than cyber parenting conversations to connect the Enneagram dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you were supposed to say something Kim. I'm sorry what, what happened? Gonna, where were you I thought you were gonna launch into the thing the whole dramatic thing and I was waiting for you oh I missed my mark missed you know the Enneagram we struggled if we should do this show or not because it's not a new thing the Enneagram has been around for a while very long time and then it gained in popularity there for a few years and now it's leveling off a little yeah, well, and people are kind of getting sick of it. They're like rolling their eyes, you know, whatever. <laughs> and it's so funny because I, I feel like I'm a late bloomer to the Enneagram. Mm. Like I resisted it because I'm you like, sure no, did. no I peer pressure. That. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get sucked into what everybody else is doing. <laughs> and then we had a great mentor who was like, y'all, like I'm in it and it really is a helpful tool. It really yeah. is a helpful tool that I want you to check out. And so then she I got forced the book. You. Because she <laughs> gave you the book for Christmas. That's she right. Was like, she me the book. you will read this. <laughs> and you know, when you're sometimes when your friends give you a book for Christmas, you're like, whatever. But when a mentor, you're like, okay, I got to mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. check this out. <laughs> so the book that she gave us was um, "The Road Back to You." That's the that's the title of the book, right? Am I yeah. getting that right? Yes, you are. And it's actually a great book, and. Let me tell you my hesitation on the Enneagram. I'm not big on personality tests, any of them. Like, I hate them. I think they're wrong. I think they're flawed. I think they're stupid. Uh, so that's where I'm coming from. That's said why the, said the Enneagram one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, We I got the book. I finally read it. And then actually my pastor did a did a sermon series on it. And my kids got really involved in it. And the, so they wanted to take the test. And then all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, this is not the know-all be-all. And obviously, it's not like the answer to everything. But it was a helpful tool to kind of understand my kids more. And we kind of talked through like our different personalities in our family and how we respond to things. And it just opened up a lot of good conversation, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, one of the ways that I describe it is it's a book about tendencies. Like, that's it. Like, this is a lot of people tend to do this thing and others tend to do that thing and they're categorized and then they call it the Enneagram. Now, that's not how they would say they come about it, but that's my own definition. And I feel the same way. Like, it's just one of those cool little tools that you can use to help see, like, these are some things that some people do. And if they're that kind of person or you are, this is a helpful way to talk to them, which has been great. I have really loved it. And it's been fun too. Now, you know, you can get a little overboard, but we joke all the time, like, oh, that's because you're one. I'm a three, you know, bless it. Please pray for us. (laughs) (laughs) For those people who don't know anything about the Enneagram, some people do give it a bad rap and say it's like Satan and it is like a label. And and it can be all those things. Like, I want to be very honest. People could take it way too far and like start worshiping it like, like horoscopes or whatever. Absolutely. Totally. Anything can become an idol like that. So we don't want to do that ever. 
But when you do have a helpful tool that helps you just be more a little bit self-aware, like, oh, I, I love what you said, Kim. I have this tendency. So Kim said that I'm a one. I'm an Enneagram one. And you can go, the numbers are one through nine. Mm-hmm. And they all stand for something. Number one, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, is a perfectionist. And I have known for a long time that I'm, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Um, but what I love about the Road Back to You, the book, it talks about being an unhealthy one versus a healthy one. And that has really helped me just identifying what are the good things about being a perfectionist, but then what are the really bad things and how does it affect my relationships? I need to be self-aware about that kind of stuff. And so anything that helps me look in the mirror and be a better person, I'm all for it. Well, and this book is from a Christian perspective, which is very important too. Like it, it talks about, you know, as a believer, what does that look like? And it also has the average. So you can either be unhealthy, average, or healthy. And a lot of us kind of go back and forth between some of those. And you'll see that in your tendencies. Um, but I'm a three, which is the achiever. And um, we're, we're difficult people. I mean, put, put the one and three <laughs> together. That's That's... That's some trouble right there. I am. Yes. (laughs) Um, But you're right. That was one of the things that is kind of funny. They say when you, you'll know it's your number because when you read it, it hurts. Like you might even cry because you're like, oh my goodness, someone knows me. But um, the thing with it that I think is really cool, just like you, is being able to see that through a Christian lens of these are some things that I struggle with and I'm not alone, one, but they're easy things that I can change and that I can do better or that I can communicate better because maybe people are seeing me in a light that is not really what I want to reflect. And so I think that's cool. And I love that there are some tips in there um, that you could use with your kids too. Like when you understand maybe your kid communicates a certain way, it makes it easier when you recognize that and you tweak your thinking or the way that you communicate and it just works better. So like you said, anything that helps you do that, I'm I'm willing to try. It's a tool. It's a helpful tool. What we don't want it to become is a label or part of our identity. We, yeah. And we never want that. You know, we talk about labels all the time. They're thrown around like everything today in our world. And we never want to label ourselves something and then we can't break out of that. Because mm-hmm. what if God, you know, what if I'm a one today, but then I become a five, which is a major analytical person, researcher, mm-hmm. getting in there, doing all those things, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're evolving. We're changing. We're growing in the Lord every day. And so we don't want this to become our identity. A really cool thing happened in our family. So my teenager, she really loved the Enneagram and got really into it, read the book, she came home one day from youth group and she was like, oh my gosh, it's like a conversation starter now. It's an easy way to break the ice with someone. Do you know you're in it? I was cracking up at her, right? <laughs> um, and she she loved it. She took the test and we identified like how she responded certain ways. And it may be because she has this tendency kind of thing. But the cool thing was months passed and one day she came home and she said, oh my gosh, this situation happened and she's explaining it to me. And she said, I found myself reacting like my Enneagram number, but it wasn't my actual reaction. Crazy. And I just thought it was a great light bulb moment because she realized this had become like a self-fulfilling prophecy in her Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. She had taken the test and she had labeled herself that. And then she saw the problem with labeling ourselves. She was like, I'm changing. I'm growing. I'm doing something different. But 
in that situation, I felt like I had to respond like my Enneagram number. And she's like, that's when I just knew it had gone too far. It had gone too far Gosh, in my that's life. So wise. Like it had become so an idol. Yes. You know? yes. And I love that because we do always need to know the balance because anything can become an idol. Social media, our phones, our kids. I think that's such a great example. And I'm so glad that you shared it because it's a real life struggle that I think a lot of us have with any kind of a thing where we can take on the identity of something. And like you said, it can happen with anything, but it's easy with a personality test. And so some of the things that I was thinking when we were talking about this Enneagram show is that it's good for awareness, which we pointed out, and it's good to give you a new perspective, just like looking at things in different ways. So I like it for those reasons, but there's also the flip side. I mean, yes, it's good to use this tool, But we never want to rely on this type of tool to guide our life. Like that should be the Holy Spirit. That should be our faith. We don't want to be like running back to a book with personality tests. We want to be running to Jesus. Well, and we have found that the discussion about the Enneagram and our personality types and all that kind of stuff has created some great discussion in our families. Satan has also used it to shut down conversation. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Like we will dismiss somebody in our family like, oh, you're a one. Of course, you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, you're a six. Of course, you're going to respond that way. And then we don't really hear them out as to what they're trying to tell us. And so I've seen it create amazing conversation about personality types and how we respond in certain situations. But I've also seen Satan use it for bad. It's kind of like social media. I have seen God use social media for amazing things, like raising thousands and millions of dollars for people who need it, right? And charities and organizations that are doing God's work. But then I've also seen Satan manipulate young kids on social media and become um, sex trafficking victims, you know, or get addicted to porn or get into some really bad stuff. And so the Enneagram is no different. Just like anything, it can be used for good or bad. It's that always never principle. We're not always going to fit into the box of whatever a number is. And so using terms like that or expecting your family to or your friends to act a certain way or using that information as ammunition is never good. We, you know, we don't want to read into it in that way. So I think another example of that is when we first were learning about the Enneagram, I was listening to this podcast one day. And it's interesting when you, identify what you think your number is. There are podcasts or books or information out there just based on your number to help you go a little bit deeper. So I was driving back from this trip and I had hours in the car and I was listening to this podcast on this gentleman who is a three. And man, I was like amening it left and right. I was like, yes, oh my goodness, I can totally relate to that over and over. And then he said this thing and I had been trying to communicate this to Mandy, but not understanding I don't even know if I knew how to put it into words, um, how I was feeling about Next Talk and about some different things in my life. And he said, one thing about threes is that they rarely stay around once the confetti falls. And what he meant by that is we love to be a part of creating things, of doing the hard work and digging in there and working to build something amazing. And you can kind of see that that gradual mountain rising, like you're going up the mountain, up the mountain. And then when whatever it is you worked on comes to fruition, it's like, bam, and the confetti is thrown and it's a celebration. But after that, as the confetti is falling is when the real hard work sets in, in a business, in a marriage, in any kind of a relationship where it's 
the days and the weeks where you're working through things, where you're working hard behind the scenes, where all that follow-up comes in in the years after the celebration. And for threes, as the confetti is falling, we're like, peace out. We're done. That's typically what a lot of us would like to do. But I had stuck around in Next Talk after the confetti fell, and it was hard work. And it was a new thing for me, sticking around for that. And that was kind of a neat way for me to be able to explain to Mandy how God had brought me into this ministry and sustained me and encouraged me to stick around for the behind the scenes hard work. So I remember where I was when you texted me about the confetti podcast, (laughs) which is so funny because I was out on a run and my son was at football practice and I was running laps around the football field. And I remember getting this text from Kim saying, oh my gosh, I need to tell you about the confetti story. Like, remind me the (laughs) next time we're together, we have to talk about the confetti story. Well, in my mind, I had just read this book and we were studying the Enneagram and talking about it with our kids and stuff. Here's the picture in my mind. Oh no. That Kim was over here throwing up confetti, having a party, and I'm sweeping because I'm a one and I got to get it cleaned up. That was That's literally what I pictured in my that mind. That is also accurate. <laughs> and I, I literally was like, Kim, we got to clean this up. We got people coming. We got this happening. We got this. And, uh, you know, Kim's like, party. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened in my mind. So it was really an eye opener for me when we finally had the conversation. And when Kim described it to me, it just, I realized so much more about Kim. Like I learned her personality so much more. Also, I like valued the fact that she's in Next Talk with me. We're going to do this even when it's hard. There's so much more of an appreciation now, I think. And and the Enneagram did that. Like God used the Enneagram to help our working relationship and our friendship to understand each other more. So I think that's a great example of how the Enneagram can be used for good. It's all in how you view something. You know, this is a cool book and interesting information that has helped us in our marriage with our kids and in our workplace. It's helped us to understand a little bit more of our personalities, which I think is always worthwhile. Um, But it's also helped with the conversations of good information is still not God. And so it's still important to filter that through the word and that ultimately Christ trumps everything. It's a good tool. I like it. You know, we found it to be helpful, but it's not the end all. And with it being a new year and after a couple of years of it being just really difficult, I think a lot of people are looking for kind of a fresh start. And maybe you're going to join a Bible study. Maybe you're getting back on your treadmill. Maybe read this book. Check it out. Or consider the Enneagram as just another tool to help you in knowing your people better. Yeah. And, you know, just like with anything, it's a great tool. I hope it helps you in your relationships like it has with Kim and I and our families. But it's not an idol to be worshipped. It's not Jesus. There is only one worthy to be praised. And Jesus is Jesus. He's the only one to be worshipped. 